Welcome to episode 26 of the Drink Local podcast. My name is William and I'm with Misa. We are avid longtime craft beer enthusiasts. We aren't industry insiders. We are not Cicerones. We are not brewers. And as you guys know, we are not critics. What we are is we're just like you. Just some people who are really, really excited about beer. We have been drinking craft beer for over 15 years, and during that time, our passion for craft beer has informed so many of our experiences, whether it's tourism, our culinary preferences, the types of activities that we do for fun, craft beer has always played a role. So with that said, uh, as you guys know, we banned (laughs) IPAs from the podcast a few weeks ago after noticing that we had way too many. Right? Yeah. And today we appear to have our first band episode <laughs> because we are going to be drinking four different IPAs. Oh, shit. Can you believe that? Don't tell them. Yeah, um, well, you know what they say. What? Rules are made to be broken. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, that's funny to what? me because isn't that the opposite? Of what rules are made for? Like, aren't rules literally... They're not made for that purpose, but (laughs) for the people who it's made for, that's the attitude. Ooh, interesting perspective from you already. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even had a sip of beer yet. (laughs) Well said. You know, I guess you're right. All right. Well, let's crack one of these open. All right. Oh, Oh, wow. Look at that, man. Why? You opened all three of those with no problem, but this one, this one, rightfully so, as we get into it, we'll get into what it is later, is the problem child. Yep. Yep. All right. This one is being loud about it. So. Whoa. Oh, my God. While she's pouring the beer, while it's coming, (laughs) I am going to give you guys the rundown of what we're going to be talking about today and why so shortly after... We banned IPAs. We are drinking more than we normally have in a podcast. So, this is what happened. A couple of episodes back, Mm -hmm. we did our February Black History Month episode. Mm -hmm. And during that episode, we talked about some beers from Oak Park Brewing collaborated with several other breweries Mm -hmm. that were in dedication to black history figures. Yes. So I was lamenting uh-huh. at that time, I'm never going to be able to have these beers. Right. I really freaking want these beers. Right. So one of our friends and listeners, uh-huh. Matt, uh-huh. heard this and was like, I can get them. Yeah. And got them for us <laughs> and sent them to us, Yeah. which is so amazing. It was a huge surprise uh we were extremely extremely moved by this we like i never in a million years even considered that somebody might hear us talking on the podcast and uh you know do something so kind yeah and thoughtful you know we really appreciate it we, we are really really thankful we're really really glad to be able to experience these beers. Yeah. And so... We really are. I mean, yeah. We really didn't think. We were just like, well... Yeah. We were like, what a freaking awesome thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. And so we were like, well, we got to do yeah, an episode 
right away. Dedicated to For this. these beards. Yeah. Right? And it gives us an opportunity to talk about all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So we're going to talk about these beers. Then we are going to talk about the film mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah, which is going to kind of tie into these beers uh-huh. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then we're going to get into what made you want to drink. And we are going to take questions. Mm-hmm. So, with that said... Yes. I would love to cheers it up. Let's do it. And get right into it. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm, Goddamn. Well. So, off top, uh, the, the, all four beers, they're IPAs. Yes. Um, of various colors and types. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have a, would you say a West Coast IPA? A West Coast IPA. We'll get into each of them uh, later. Black IPA, which is the one I just had. Uh, Red IPA. Very rare. And a hazy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so we got all all kinds, which is also, you know, perfect. Yep. We'll try this red one. All right, I'm going to try this black IPA here. Taste it. Hmm. Mm. Oh man, like we need more black IPAs. We really do. Yeah, <laughs> they're no, so I, fucking I, good. I, like they're so like it's that IPA flavor, mm-hmm. but then like it's roasty. Right. You know, yeah. like it's so freaking good. So we're gonna get into all that. We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about these beers. You know, we're not critics, but we are. Mm-hmm. We do offer you know uh, a little bit of evaluation mm-hmm. of the beer mm-hmm. and. Let's do that right now. Yeah. All right. So, um, I wanted to mention that I don't know if like Oak Park Brewing, uh, was the one who was like, "Hey, let's do this." Right. But I want to mention that each of these beers are brewed by different breweries. Yes. So it's not that they collaborated on the brewing of each of these beers. I don't think. So each can um, and each beer has like a different, you know, brewery logo on it. Okay. So yeah. my understanding yeah. is that it was pretty much like organized right. by Oak Park. Mm-hmm. So that's why you can get them there. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can get all these at all the places. I think so. You probably can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, anyway, though, when we went to Oak Park's website, uh, they did have a store, but it wasn't up at the time. Yeah. So that may have changed now. Yeah, and they're the ones who made the people's beer, right? Yeah. Based on the uh, the uh, the beer by the first black-owned brewery. Yes. In the U.S. Yes. Which is no longer in existence. Right. Um, right. And so th- we talked about all this on episode 24. Yes. Uh, Kobe. In our, yeah, Kobe, El Segundo Challenge episode. So if you guys want to check that out, we kind of talk uh, talk about it, and then here we are. Yeah. You know? So who knew that uh, two episodes later we'll be drinking, we'd be drinking these. So. Amazing. What we're going to do is we're going to go one by one. Yes. And we're going to evaluate the beers. Mm-hmm. And each beer has a historical figure on yeah. it. So what I will do is I'm just going to read mm-hmm. the top of their Wikipedia entry oh. so that you can learn 
and a there's something little on bit the back, of upper right? figure. Yeah, there's a little bit on the back, but it's very, very, sl uh, not slim, but just, you know, it's, it's, it's very minimalist. Right. So um, I wanted to give you a little bit more information. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So the first one mm -hmm. is America. Nobody's free until everybody's free, which mm -hmm. is yeah. something that I certainly agree with. Uh -huh. I 100 And this is the West Coast IPA. This is the West Coast IPA. So, you know, Hi. right off top. Yeah. And the uh, hops that they use are Talus, African Queen, and Mosaic hops. I, I had never heard of African Queen hops awesome. before. I hope that they're from Africa. Like, that would be amazing. If, you know, I know that more brewers are using African hops. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. And this one is from Hella Coastal Brewing. Mm -hmm. And the featured mm -hmm. historical figure is Fannie Lou Hammer. Okay. So she's an American activist, black voting rights and women's rights, October 17th, died, uh, excuse me, uh, 1917, died March 14th. Same birthday as you. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I was reading it wrong. Oh. Um, October 6th, 1917. Oh. I just combined all oh, the okay. all the numbers. Died when? Uh, March 14th, oh. 1977. March 14th. Is not today. Or today's 13th. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and she was a member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, founder of the Freedom Democratic Party, and organize the Freedom Farm Cooperative hmm. to support whatever is right and to bring in justice where we have seen so much injustice. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the quote from her. Yeah, so each can, I mean, you'll see the picture, but this one has a, you know, has a, each can has, is like a solid color and has a black and white picture of the person. So this one's blue can. Yeah, so let's evaluate the beer. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's taste it. Mm -hmm. Give our thoughts on it, and then I'll read you in detail what her story is. Um, I'm already like yeah. Feel free whenever you want to start. I've I've already tasted like all the different ones, so I'm my my. Your 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 palate is like, messed up. Do you need some water? I have water. Okay, <laughs> okay. So well, uh, for me, I mean it's. A really good West Coast IPA. It's very clear. That's one thing that you see. You know, I mean, it, it's a little bit cloudy, but when you taste it, it is one of those. Uh, it's a very consistent flavor throughout. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. it has you know a little bit of like punchy juiciness at the yeah. top, like very like fruity, aromatic, mm -hmm. um, and then you get that pininess. Mm -hmm. that you expect from like a West Coast IPA. Mm -hmm. You know, it's right on profile. It's yeah. really good, you know. Um, I bet you that like the fruitiness mm -hmm. comes from the uh, African hops, you know, because uh, it tends to be the case that like uh, things from, you know, uh, some of the uh, climates mm -hmm. in, in Africa mm -hmm. tend to be more like punchy. Hmm. So... What do you think of the beer? I like it. It's a uh, it is a uh, kind of uh, consistent throughout, like you're saying. She's tasting it again. Mhm. Mm yeah, it's pretty. Like, there there is like a juiciness, 
but also kind of bitter. You know, it's yeah. not really like I wouldn't really. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't really say it was like a fresh hoppiness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was kind of interested because I was reading a description of actually a uh, a Women's History Month, like uh, Pink Boots. I think we talked about this last year in March. Um, beer from Highland Park Brewing that uh, they were announcing. And I was like reading the description and it said a hazy West Coast IPA. So I was like, huh, that's interesting, you know, because I that was the first time I kind of had seen something described as a hazy West Coast IPA. I see. But I can kind of, I can kind of s- see that because I feel like we had another west coast ipa the other day not for the podcast and i I was like hmm could this be considered a hazy west coast IPA?" so i mean i i feel like by now we we're seeing like even among west coast ipas like a variety oh really you know yeah Oh, oh for sure for sure but yeah you know actually like i the juiciness kind of stays like lingers in your mouth yeah afterwards yeah so now the can does say that this is brewed and canned by oak park brewing Oh, okay. In Sacramento. Okay, okay. okay. So, it says so maybe the can, they did all but, the brewing yeah, at the... But I would assume it's a hella coastal recipe. Yeah. You know? So, I don't Did you want to read about her first, or should I just, like, say something about the Helicoastal? No, you go ahead. Okay, so Helicoastal is actually in Oakland. Um, and... In case you didn't get the uh, memo from Hella, right? You know? Right, right. Because... These are all like, you know, Bay Area, but Helicoastal is from Oakland. Uh, Hunter's Point is from Hunter's Point, San Francisco. Oak Park is, uh, I think it's Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah, and uh, this full circle is from Fresno. So it's Fresno, I wouldn't call that Bay Area. Yeah, it's not the Bay at all. But yeah, Um, you know, so on their website, Helicoastal is kind of talking about how in a city that has birth birthed the Black Panther Party, influenced the hip-hop industry, created her own lingo, and was once one of the chocolate cities. It's a shame that none of the breweries in Oakland are Mm Black-owned. You know, so I think they're new. So I don't know if that's partly why Oak Park, you know, brewed and canned it. Because it seems they have some beers um, on their website, but they don't have... Well, I don't know. I think they're just kind of getting started. I see, I see, That's what I it see, seems see. to me, and probably with the pandemic and everything, who knows. Yeah, everything's been thrown into, yeah. you know, chaos, but yeah. either way, I mean, they put together a good beer. Yeah, and what was interesting in this uh, SF Weekly article where they're talking about this, uh, this series, this collab series, um, the, I think one of his found, one of the founders for Helicoastal. Um, what's his name? Benjamin. Ben Mario Benjamin. Mario Benjamin. Okay. Founders Mario Benjamin and Chaz Hubbard. So Mario Benjamin was talking about how he noticed that when he was going to all these breweries, that he would notice some beers would have like names. You know, we were talking about puns and stuff, where they would have puns that were like rap songs or rappers and stuff like that yeah, but then there, that. he was kind of like he almost felt like it was like appropriation in a way and that there was like a disconnect between uh 
the name, you know, the pun or whatever, and whatever else was going on, you know, with, right. the, with the industry and everything. And they're saying how there's only 60 um, black-owned breweries out of, like, over 8,000. Um, this is number from 2019, so there's probably more now. Um, uh, craft beer breweries in, in the U.S. And so part of the thing for... for uh, for the this series is he, he kind of wanted to feature that it's not just like hip hop and like rappers and whatever it's like these you know these historical I see, figures I see. and stuff like that. So he had a strong philosophy behind it. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. I'll okay. link to that article. So Fannie Lou Hamer, mm -hmm. Fannie Lou Hamer Townsend, okay, was an American voting and women's rights activist, community organizer, and a leader in the civil rights movement. She was the co-founder and vice chair of the Freedom Democratic Party, where she represented at the 1964 Democratic National Convention. Mm -hmm. Hamer also organized Mississippi's Freedom Summer, along with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC. She was also a co-founder of the National Women's Political Caucus, an organization created to recruit, train, and support women of all races who wished to seek election to government office. Wow, that's powerful. Hmm. Hamer began civil rights activism in 1962, continuing until her health declined nine years later. Hmm. She was known for her use of spiritual hymnals and quotes and her resilience in leading the civil rights movement for black women in Mississippi. She was extorted, threatened, harassed, shot at, and assaulted by racists including members of the police, while trying to register for and exercise her right to vote. She later helped and encouraged thousands of African Americans in Mississippi to become registered voters and helped hundreds of disenfranchised people in her area through her work in programs like the Freedom Farm Cooperative, she unsuccessfully ran for the U.S. Senate in 1964 and the Mississippi State Senate in 1971. In 1970, she led a legal action against the government of Sunflower County, Mississippi for continued illegal segregation. Hamer died on March 14, 1977, age 59, in Mound Bayou, Mississippi. Her memorial service was widely attended and her eulogy was delivered by U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Andrew Young. She was posthumously inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 1993. Now, in this movie that we watched, mm. Judas and the Black Messiah, mm -hmm. there was a scene where um, there were uh, members of the FBI and mm -hmm. the government, mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about an incident mm -hmm. um, that had occurred where uh, a bunch of uh, people try, um, tried to register voters. Mm -hmm. And I believe they were talking about this incident in Mississippi, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, they, and what they said was that, um, you know, one of the people... In the uh, meeting was J. Edgar Hoover, mm -hmm. and then it was the uh, the feds. Right. Um, and so what they said was that um, 
these African Americans mm-hmm. were trying to register voters, uh-huh. and kind of like how uh, what's her name, um, in Atlanta, oh, Georgia, right? Stacy Abrams. Stacy Abrams. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and they were arrested and abducted by the police mm. and dropped off with uh, the KKK. Oh shit. And murder. Jeez. They they were murdered for yeah. registering voters. Wow. You know? Um, so I don't know if this was the same right. incident or related because this I mean, has happened so many happened, times. Yeah, I mean, including now, right? Where we are right. still dealing with voter suppression efforts right, right. as, you know, we as a society, you know, um, up until recently we wanted to think that we were better than this. You right. Know, I mean, I mean, People were just you know, like, like rock the vote yeah, or like, whatever, and it's just I like, mean, hey, we tried. I mean, there have been voices, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, saying, yeah. we're not better than this. We're still doing this right. the entire time. Right, right. But right. I would say that a large portion of society uh, wanted to believe uh-huh. that we're better than this, but uh-huh. then we see it happening in real time uh-huh. where we have politicians right now um, aggressively, aggressively, aggressively trying mm-hmm. to suppress votes yeah, in black yeah. communities right. specifically, right. you know, um, and doing whatever they can, yeah. you know, and I mean, like when, when, when you look at gerrymandering mm-hmm. and think, which is, um, basically, uh, drawing district lines mm-hmm. in a way that is beneficial to, uh, ideologies rather than populations, mm-hmm. then, um, that's, uh, what that is, is the result of voter suppression efforts. Right. Right. You know, so we see that a lot happening in real time. And it's so interesting that, you know, this battle rages on. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's a reason that these beers are brewed this year. Absolutely. You know, where it's, you know, the sentiment is. uh, Right. You know, for some it never left, but. You right. know, it's 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 definitely back after you know after the whole year that we went through last year right. and everything. Now, um, we refer to ourselves uh-huh. in America uh-huh. as a democracy, uh-huh. but there is a party uh-huh. right now uh-huh. who does not want everyone to vote. Right. Right. So, what does that make <laughs> them? Is doing everything yeah, they can. Yeah. Right. Um, Right, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, do 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 they believe in democracy? I don't know. Now, me personally, um, I kind of think that uh, whatever party has the advantage mm-hmm. uh, would try to suppress votes. Right, <laughs> right, to um, keep their agenda going. Right, uh, but it's pretty clear cut who's doing it right now. Right. So, yeah. what's this next beer? Oh, this one is. America's Native Son uh, by Hunter's Point Brewery. Okay. And this is the Black IPA. Mm. And this is uh, James Baldwin. Ah, goddamn. On the cover. God and this damn. is a... Sorry. Green. Good-ass beer. Light green. Uh, With a very thoughtful Yeah. James Baldwin. Looking up. Yep. His eyes are looking up disappointed in us all yeah so it says james baldwin american civil rights activist august 2nd 1924 to december 1st 1987 education dewitt clinton high school bronx new york 
author, notes of a native son, go tell it on the mountain, tell me how long the train's been gone, member of Corps, Congress of Racial Equal uh, Equality, traveled the U.S. lecturing on his views of racial equality and discrimination. The price one pays, this is in quotes, the price one pays for pursuing any profession or calling is an intimate knowledge of its ugly side. Mm. Wow. Damn. That's crazy. Beautiful and painful. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wasn't wow. there a documentary? Yes. It's called I Am Not Your Negro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did yeah, not, yeah, yeah. We we not watch this. That, yeah. You know, uh, I, I've been yeah, intending to watch this. There's uh, so many things we've <laughs> I have the book. I started oh. the book. Oh, okay. I did not finish the book. Uh, you know, like, I have a, a problem, I guess, uh -huh. where I am always trying to avoid pain. <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to... There's so many documentaries where it's just like, we should probably watch this. Right, right, because the Sam Cooke documentary, I'm going to watch that too, you know? Like, there are things that I intend to see and that I have been putting off, including Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched it because I knew that we were going to be talking about these beers today mm -hmm. and I knew it was going to be relevant, mm -hmm. you know? But there are so many things like that, you know? Uh, and it's unfortunate because at the same time as I'm trying to avoid pain, mm -hmm. I'm addicted to the news. Right, uh, I know. You know, I read, like, everything yeah. that's going on, yeah. you know, like, like every day. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always, and, I, and I'm always, you know, I'm highly sensitive, so I'm always like feeling pain, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that doesn't belong to me necessarily, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so this is one of those situations where you know I regret having not watched this already because I can't really speak intelligently right. on James Baldwin right. in the way that I should, yeah. in my opinion, you know. Right. But at the same time, it would like, have helped. Right. <laughs> it's not like, you know, like we are learning with you about yeah. these historical figures and yeah. we love doing that on this show. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that uh, I appreciate about the beers. <laughs> like who knew, right? We learned, we learned so fucking much, right? I know. Yeah. No, that's so crazy. Yeah, like, we that, learned like, so much yeah. from beer. Yeah. And like the thing is, this is not, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn a lot from just doing this episode, but I'm gonna go and like look it up and hopefully watch, you know, these documentaries. And right, it's an entryway. Right, you know, right, and, that, right. and, like, and I think know, that's the hope too. You know, right, like, and beer in general, you know, it's thought provoking, in my opinion. My experience with beer and being at bars and having conversations with people, you know, they've been, you know, pretty. I've had deep, heady conversations and learned. Yeah. A lot from individuals, you right. know, um, who have perspectives totally different from mine. It's a lubricant. But actually, you know, a social lubricant. A social yeah, it's not. It's not a lubricant. Like, like wow. if anyone is out here using beer as a lubricant, you're doing it wrong. That's true. Like, you can't just say it's a lubricant. Social. <laughs> Keyword so, social. So, do you want to? Do you have anything else to say about Hunter's Point? I kind of don't because I, uh, so they, they don't have like We talked like about a, it a little bit too. No, yeah, they don't have a website. They have like a, um, uh, Instagram. And again, I think a lot of these, uh, black owned breweries are, are newer, you mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, it's.
what is it? Wait, wait, I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry. It's all good. Well, I mean, it's in Hunters Hunters Point, San Francisco. So I guess, yeah, out of the actual actual Bay Area, because even Sacramento, I wouldn't really call the Bay, right? Right. Um, I guess these two are it. I would yeah. I think that's yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. Are the are the are the two uh, black owned? Yeah, breweries. Sacramento's the capital. Yeah. Yeah. Is doesn't face a bay. Yeah, you know. Don't let them tell you. Don't don't let them lie to you. I bay there. Would love to check this place out when the time arrives. Totally. You know, because we got to get back up north. We really want to go back up north. But the beer itself. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said earlier in the podcast, I think that the black IPA is such an underrepresented beer. Mm-hmm. in the craft beer community. And I just don't know why, because there are, know, yeah. you know, dark beer just really, like, isn't as popular. But um, there are very, very established styles of dark beer. Mm-hmm. And the Black IPA seems like the one that would be able to marry the people who are kind of like IPA people mm-hmm. with the people who are like Porter people, you know, or you, Ooh, you made a face like, nah, you don't agree. Thoughts. Please. I mean, yeah, maybe in that it, it has that like a uh, multi, like, you know, um, roasted flavor. Yeah. Like it, it's an IPA, yeah. but it also like, you know, like, you know, a smoked porter mm-hmm. or like a roke beer or something like that you know which is like you know like a roke beer is like a little too much for me most yeah, of the time yeah, yeah. it tastes like a, a like ham a ham yeah you know but <laughs> like ham. something in between mm-hmm. that and with that drinkability yeah. of an ipa mm-hmm. it it seems like a perfect dark beer yeah i mean i guess my hesitancy comes from just um looping like calling something dark beer is just literally just a color because i mean if that's you what just, i'm talking about the color yeah but like i mean an ipa you know the color of an ipa could be look exactly the same as like a fucking uh triple you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's a totally different kind of beer. But if you're like, oh, a light-colored beer, and you, if you're just going by the color, then you're going to be fucked up. Like, if you're expecting something, you might just be like, you know? So that's why I'm like... No, I guess I, with I, the no, dark but I'm beer, saying, there you're is... you're an IPA person. Yeah. I mean, I guess with the dark beer, there is a, a, a commonality of it being... Having, like, sort of a roastiness, I guess, too, but... Sometimes you don't get that too much on some of them, so I guess that's that's why I'm that's like. True. I mean, if you like the color, if you like holding a dark colored beer, but want to have the flavor of an IPA, then yes, this is the beer for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So, but if you like an IPA, I feel like why not a black IPA? I mean, it's yeah. fucking delicious. I'm a fan. You know, I mean, it's 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 different. You know, we brewed a black IPA one time. We drank them all, too. Yeah, years ago. Yeah. The Black Mamba IPA. Oh, uh, yeah, that was cool. Yep. That was cool. Yep. yep. We got to do that again. 
<laughs> yeah, she, she really wants to brew a beer. We're not brewers. We're not Damn brewers. It. We're not brewers, you know. Um, but we have brewed. We have brewed. Most certainly, you yeah, know. That's, uh, that's how it starts. Yeah, you know? so mm-hmm. James Arthur Baldwin, mm-hmm. mm, so good. August 2nd, 1924, mm-hmm. died December 1st, 1987. Mm-hmm. Was an American novelist, playwright, essayist, poet, and activist. Like, this guy was an overachiever. I think they all are. <laughs> his, his essays collected... If your face is on a can, I feel like you're kind of... You yeah, kind of I don't know if we named the beer. Did we? We did, yeah. Okay. America's Native Son. Yeah. His essays collected in Notes of a Native Son, 1955, explored the intricacies of racial, sexual, and class distinctions in Western society mm-hmm. of the United States during the mid-20th century. Some of Baldwin's essays are book-length, including The Fire Next Time, No Name in the Streets, The Devil Finds Work. An unfinished manuscript, Remember This House, was expanded and adapted for cinema as the Academy Award-nominated documentary, mm-hmm. I Am Not Your Negro. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. One of his novels, If Beale Street Could Talk, oh. was adapted into the Academy award-winning film of oh, the wow, same I didn't name know that was, wow. in 2018 okay directed and produced by barry jenkins baldwin's novels short stories and plays fictionalize fundamental personal questions and dilemmas amid complex social and psychological pressures themes of masculinity sexuality race and class intertwine to create intricate narratives that run parallel with some of the major political movements towards social change in the mid-20th century such as the Civil Rights Movement and the Gay Liberation Movement. Hmm. Baldwin's protagonists are often but not exclusively African-American, while gay and bisexual men also frequently feature as protagonists in his literature. These characters often face internal and external obstacles in their search for social and self-acceptance. Such dynamics are prominent in Baldwin's second novel, Giovanni's Room, which was written in 1956, well before the gay liberation movement. So, these are definitely the types of topics Mm -hmm. that I think are always important for young people Mm -hmm. to explore, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you want to learn as early as possible to uh, be introspective mm-hmm. and to express yourself because the world is really confusing and, like, we really do just try to put motherfuckers in a box, right? Like, it's crazy, like, how, like, everyone does that, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone wants to dictate, like, how so-and-so is supposed to be. How so-and-so is supposed to do that. How this person is supposed to protest. How this person Mm -hmm. is supposed to dress. Mm -hmm. How uh, women are supposed to walk down the street. Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. And like, then when shit happens to people, we're not like society did that. We're like the person did that Mm -hmm. for not fitting into that box, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason we, we do that you know, put set expectations on how people are supposed to act is because we want to be comfortable. We want to be able to expect what's 
what, you know, we want to know what to expect because if we walk around not fucking knowing where anybody stands or what, you know, somebody who dresses a certain way might be like or, you know, they if they like this kind of music, that means they're kind of this way or whatever, you know? Like, if we don't have sort of associations of things with people, then it's way too, unpre you know, unpredictable and chaotic for a human to... to be able to deal with the world and society. And I think that's why we do it. But, like, I mean, obviously we do it too much. Well, where we, you try to, uh, we you know. don't do it. Some so, people do it. Right. Because I would I, I, I would argue, because everything you're saying is mm -hmm. true. Uh, yeah, society. Right, except yeah. that I would argue that there are no consequences mm -hmm. to being unprepared for a situation uh, like how someone's expressing, you know, except for maybe like, you know, like you verbally embarrass yourself or say the wrong thing or are presented with a learning opportunity yeah. or something like that, you know? So, because what you're saying uh -huh. is that by imposing restrictions uh -huh. on others, uh -huh. um, the irony is society, members of society, the collective, uh -huh. we're just trying to protect our own fragility, Right. Right, We're right, right. Protecting ourselves yeah. from you know uh, embarrassment yeah. or from yeah because it it, it whatever. it's also like a, a a signifier in what kind of things you should be saying right or you know if you're whatever like say if you're uh I don't know like a a, a leftist this is the kind of things you say right. or if you're like a whatever then this is the kind of things that these ideals are what you should you know whatever you know? right it's but even like, like you know somebody's people are like you know uh so and so shouldn't cross dress or whatever right you know and it's like why this is because i'm not i'm not ready for all that you know right and then, and then like it's like deeper <laughs> introspection you know and it could be it could be i might like it or it could be right. i might really hate it you know, or whatever, but it's like... But then they're not ready to deal with yeah, those, but this, uh, Yeah, you're, just, you're not ready to process all that, you know? Yeah. But, like, we see that so much. And the reason why I said, like, it's not a we thing, mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people yeah. reject that. A lot of people are just trying to express themselves. No, it's true. But the people who want to restrict you from expressing your, uh -huh. yourself are just so fucking loud about it and so powerful oh uh, uh, anyway though like let's, let's get to the third beer okay so this is the red ipa all we want is that milk and wait what you promise milk and honey oh the honey yeah it's really it's, so it's, hard to it's read. really that that was a mistake oh my god you know the way they did that yeah, yeah. it's like an orange on purple it's really hard to see um, so it's just hard to, it could be the printing, you know, all we want is that milk and honey you promised. Uh, okay. This is the red IPA by, um, what's it called? Oak, Oak Park, Park Brewing. Brewing. Duh. Sorry. It says OPB. So I'm like, ah, shit, what does it stand for? <laughs> I freaked out. Sorry. And, uh, this is a, you know, like a purple Lilac can. Lilac, guys. Shit. I'm so, like, 
If you listen earlier in the podcast, we've talked about how <laughs> I'm so lost on colors. I don't even know what that means. It's the name of a flower. Anyway, Ella Josephine Baker. Yes. <laughs> that K looking like an H, and that's, a, that's the problem of a font, okay? American civil rights and human rights activist. December 13th, 1903 to December 13th. 1986. Damn, on her birthday. Education, Shaw University, North Carolina. Young Negroes Cooperative League. SNCC, SCLC, NAACP. Quote, strong people do not need strong leaders. Oh, shit. Woo! Yeah, yeah, no, she's wrong. <laughs> she's wrong. We're gonna get into this. Okay. She's wrong. Okay, I don't know anything about her. Educate me, please. I know, I know, that's gangster. Well, we're gonna get into that. Okay. But the beer itself, right, it's a red... IPA. Yeah. Okay. So we're you know we're coming upon St. Patrick's Day, which yes. is great. You know. Yes. So you want to get these amber ales. You want to get red these ales. red ales, right? You know. And when you smell it, it smells like a red ale. My nose is like stop working. <laughs> I know. I heard you try to sniff, and I heard one nostril working real hard. <laughs> I, my one nostril at like seventy percent capacity. My other nostril. At like twenty percent capacity. That's how it always is for her. I don't yes. know how she lives. I don't know how she lives. I have big nostrils, and they, <laughs> and they are both at one hundred percent capacity. I, I can't imagine that life. And I have asthma. I feel like sometimes, sometimes my nose will magically be like, uh, super clear, and I, it freaks me out. I, I'm like, oh god, too much air <laughs> too coming much. through. I can't. It's like, oh god. It's like my like, brain. Like, like you see in the Matrix. Yeah, no, no, it's too much. I feel like I'm on drugs. I'm like, oh my god, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Stop um, it's good. Yeah. So, what do you think about this beer? Um, I like it. I really like it because it has. The hoppiness, you know, of an IPA, but it's not really too crazy. Is just enough, you know, and and it has that kind of like well-rounded. Yeah, two of these IPAs uh-huh. had a malt finish. Yeah, you know. Um, so the uh, hops. We didn't mention the hops in the James Baldwin. I'll get back to those, but uh, this one, Strata Chinook. You love a Chinook. <laughs> NZ-107, which I'm assuming New is Zealand, a New Zealand so, hop. Yeah. And CTZ hops. I am not familiar with CTZ hops. But the beer is a 7.4 alcohol percentage. So it's straight up, you know, oh. the uh, usual IPA percentage. And do you oh, want to give him that uh, yeah, the hops in the, the James Baldwin? Yeah, the James Baldwin Black IPA. Cascade, Amarillo, Eldorado, Sentinel... Eureka hops. So this is some classic ass hops. This one is eight percent alcohol. Oh shit! It didn't feel that way. It's a big boy. I guess that's why we're on it. We, we, we've been on working on that about. one. We've been working on that one. It's good though. It's really good. You, you know, know, it's a, it's 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 drinkable, super uh, drinkable. The the West Coast IPA is by the way six point five percent. This red IPA, it has, you know, after you. you drink it and put it down it leaves you with this like sweetness in your mouth but it's not like a gross <laughs> sweetness it's just like a it just leaves you wanting it like you're like oh God, i gotta i gotta what, what, pick what, it up again what's a gross sweetness 
Uh, where it's just like, ah, like it's too sweet. Like, yeah, like a candy, like... Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, coated. usually pure, but pure, beer isn't, doesn't do that, but it's not even like, a, like those juicy, you know, hazy, juicy IPA type of sweetness. It's just, it has like a nice, yeah, the redness, it's not really a clear... You know, it's red and it's not uh, somewhat clear, but it's not clear. It's, it's a little cloudy. Yeah. You know, but it's not like a hazy or anything. But it's good. Like, yeah. I mean, I would like to also see more red IPAs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put some color Very on that rare. shit. Yeah, like red, even more rare than black IPAs. Mm -hmm. I think you know, you so don't good. see red so IPAs good. too often. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ella Josephine Baker, mm -hmm. December thirteenth, nineteen o three. To December 13th, mm -hmm. 1986. Mm -hmm. So her birth and death date were the same Yeah, day. I said that when I read it on here. I said, oh, on her birthday. Well, I apologize. It's I wasn't fine. listening to you during Women's History Month. I know. Clearly not. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> was an African-American <laughs> civil rights and human rights activist. She was largely a behind-the-scenes organizer whose career spanned for more than five decades. In New York City and the South, she worked alongside some of the most noted civil rights leaders of the 20th century, mm -hmm. including W.E.B. Du Bois, mm -hmm. Thurgood Marshall, mm -hmm. A. Philip Randolph, and Martin Luther King Jr. She also mentored many emerging activists, such as Diane Nash, Stokely Carmichael, Rosa Parks, and Bob Moses, whom she first mentored as leaders in the Student Nonviolent mm -hmm. Coordinating Committee. Yeah. Baker criticized professionalized, charismatic leadership. Hmm. She promoted grassroots organizing and radical democracy and the ability of the oppressed to understand their worlds and advocate for themselves. She mm -hmm. realized that this vision she, excuse me, she realized this vision most fully in the 1960s as the primary advisor and strategist of the SNCC. Mm -hmm. Baker has been called one of the most important American leaders of the 20th century and perhaps the most influential woman in this woman in the civil rights movement. Oh, you did a me. Um, I, you know, I read it as if it was one of the most influential women, oh, but I, I realized that no, as the most influential woman. Yeah, no, they're like, no, 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 she's the one. She is known for her critiques not only of racism within American culture, but also sexism within the civil rights movement. So important. You know, a lot of people really have a problem with uh, criticizing the movement. Like, 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 they become tribal right. about whatever movement right. they're within. Right. And it's like, and, they and, like they, and they're also paranoid yeah. that of the idea of the movement cannibalizing itself. Right. But if there are poisons within any kind of movement, it's got to be called out. You got to fucking call it out. You know, it is what it is, you know? So, um, the reason why I said she's raw is because I am such a proponent of uh, agency uh -huh. amongst individuals uh -huh. within movements uh -huh. so that that way um, people are not following a leader. Right. You know, um, people do not become... Uh, Sheep. Right or celebritize someone? Yes, you know because That's so so, so often that happens yeah. because you know look 
It's like, easier that way, obviously. It, Not right. everybody's a leader. Right. You know, yeah. like, and it's really hard for us to engage in that hard work of critical critical thought. Yeah. You know, like we all like, like we all fall victim to that because it's it's so hard, right? And like, you know, and you're gonna have to get shit wrong. Mm-hmm. And then grow from that mm-hmm. and learn and go to the next stage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's something that you know um, I just find really fascinating because also you know in doing that, mm-hmm. in really engaging with the material of the movement that mm-hmm. you are a part of, mm-hmm. that's how you develop a consciousness within that movement. Whether it be like a class consciousness, yeah. you know, which is, in my opinion, the most important thing that we need right now uh-huh. is a, a class consciousness, right? Um, you know, and understanding, you know, uh, where you fall within society, what you are within society. So that way, Mm -hmm. um, you do not become commodified as an individual. And if you do, you realize it so that you can try to combat that system, Mm -hmm. which is constantly bombarding us with information, both, uh, aggressively and passively. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is a, this is a a powerful individual. You know, this is somebody. Strong people do not need strong leaders. Yeah, you know, like she that's such a so. powerful quote. That's that such really a, is. That's such a powerful, powerful mm-hmm. quote. You know. Yeah, because you 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 know, like when you follow a leader, you know, I think leaders are necessary. Yeah. You know, to lead movements and whatnot. But when you, like, you can easily become blind, you know, to that leader, you know, and it's true, like, you know, if you're strong enough to see clearly, regardless of whoever's leading that movement is saying whatever, you know, you know. I mean, that's, that. just, that's such a powerful quote. That's, that's yeah. got to be the most powerful quote so far because you can't help but, but, but engage with it. Right. You know, you have to wrestle with that. So I wanted to point out that her, the artwork, she, there's a picture of her on top of Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what is this Mount Rushmore, you know, uh, if there's any sort of relationship. But um, I also wanted to note that uh, all the label artwork is by Milton Bowens. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you Uh, for saying that. I forgot to mention that. I will tag it, but it's, it's his Instagram is at Milton five one zero numbers five one zero. So you can see uh, all his work. Um, in all, I think. Well, not all of them actually. Not on this last one, but well, not in this one either. <laughs> but on the first two... On 50% of them. Yeah, on the uh, Black IPA, the James Baldwin one, and oh, the West Coast IPA, yeah. it has the like a little crown, a drawing of a crown, kind of like a crown on it. The other two don't. So I thought that was like something yeah. that he was going to put on all of them, but maybe he was just like, yeah. So... Let's get into this last beer. We're spending a lot of time on the beers, but you know what? They they demand it. They do. I mean, yeah. it's it's about the, you know, it's not just about the beer, really. It's, you know, about these what these uh, beers represent. Absolutely. Okay. And we're learning so much. 
So this last beer is a hazy IPA by Full Circle Brewing nice. in, from Fresno. Um, and it has a photo of Fred Hampton. And it says, I am a revolutionary. <laughs> TM. The I is uh, like E-Y-E. Um, it says TM. Is that a TM? Is that is this trademarked? I am a revolutionary? Can I see the TM? Or he just wrote a TM because he did draw a just a C, like a circle C, like a copyright, like copyright. next to milk. Yeah, I think on, this is us. All we want is that milk uh, copyright and honey, you promised. So. I think this is a stylistic choice. It might be, but it, it it's funny because, yeah, it says America with a C. Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. I think you it's know, a it, choice. This but... is totally off topic. I'm sorry. But it reminds me of when, because uh, I do graphic design, and I was working with this buyer who wanted to do a t-shirt, and she, she had a reference for a t-shirt, and was like, I want a t-shirt similar to this, this graphic. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to make it not look like that because I don't, I'm not trying to infringe on their shit, you know? And I was like, all right, well, this is as much as I could do where I feel like I'm not infringing on the shit, which, you know, happens a lot in fashion world. Um, and, and so then I send it to her and then she comes back and I say, can you include that little circle? See? And I'm like, no! no! No, I cannot include that little circle C. <laughs> that you know what a little C. circle C means. <laughs> that little circle C. No, I cannot. C. I was like, no, no, no. I'm afraid she I saw the copyright symbol and was like, ooh, fire. Yeah, no, she that was like, that, I love that little fire. Detail. I love that design detail. And I was when like, I no, see no, that no, shit, no. I'm like, ooh, bars. I, I am not trying. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah. So I was like, I showed my boss. I was like, 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 can you fucking like say something because like I feel uncomfortable you need to say something because like and I don't know if I was just like no genius or, yeah that's fucking hilarious <laughs> this just reminds me of that anyway excuse me so this is Fred Hampton okay uh and it's by Full Circle Brewing Fred Allen Hampton American civil rights activist August 30th 1948 to December 4th 1969 Studied law at Triton Junior College in River Grove, Illinois. Member of the NAACP, leader of the Youth, Youth Council. Founder of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. Assassinated by members of Chicago Police Department. So this is a hazy IPA. And the Full Circle Brewing is in Fresno, like I said. And uh, it was interesting uh, when I looked it up, that I guess it was a brewery that was, what is it? It was one of the oldest running brewery in Central Valley, California. Uh, but in 2016, I guess it was kind of like, like, uh, we're done with this. So they, they were looking for new owners. Mm. So I think the full circle brewing existed, and then in 2016, some people came and took oh you know, bought it mm. from these people, and now it's black owned. Wow. After Moy was a CPA, 
with a passion for home brewing make, before making a giant leap and selling his practice to acquire Full Circle Brewing. Love it. The, the rebirth of Full Circle Brewing was backed by a group of investors, all members of the community, many of whom banded together financially because they so strongly believed in our vision. The change of ownership resulted in rapid growth and rebirth for the brewery and allowed us to expand from 7.5 BBL brew house, only producing draft beer, to a 15 BBL, so double, brew house, producing a majority of packaged beer able to reach the consumer market throughout California. Love it. Yeah. So they've kind of, they're in Fresno. Um, we're not only breathing new life into this old brewery, but we are committed to reviving downtown Fresno in our own historic Chinatown. Wow, incredible. I didn't know Chinatown, that Fresno had a Chinatown. Every like, place has a Chinatown. If it's big enough, there's a Chinatown. Like Fresno well, maybe is, not. Fresno is nuts. Like it is <laughs> I don't it think is I've been to Fresno. It is like dude like it's like the yeah. it's Yeah. Like I don't want to stereotype it. So I'm going to shut I, I'm going to shut this conversation down on that. <laughs> um <laughs> But it's central yeah. Valley, California. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what we'll say. I don't think I've ever made a stop in Fresno, but I, I am down to, I know you have. Um, I am down to check it out. Well, hell you yeah. Know, perhaps on the way to the Bay Area, you know. Maybe, uh, take maybe, a, maybe if that's possible. Yeah. You know? you know, like, I feel like maybe like. Who knows? Because we're not getting on the airplane anytime soon. Yeah, no, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> That's but, what I'm like, saying. So, it's like we drive up there. I wonder, mm -hmm. like, if there is somewhat of, like, a poetry mm -hmm. to the choices they made mm -hmm. with which types of beers each one would be. Because obviously mm -hmm. they're a diverse collection of IPAs. Right. But, like, a hazy IPA mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. symbolic mm -hmm. of the situation with Fred Hampton and his assassination <laughs> and the uh, Chicago Black Panther Party in general and having, you know, uh, rats inside of the party. And I don't think that was specific to Chicago. Though. No, 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 not, no, no. But this is the only one that's talking about the Black Panther Party right. in general, right? right? You know, or, 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 oh, or a leader of that party. Yeah. And of a situation with an assassination, a situation that's obfuscated, a situation where you can't really see yeah. what's going on in real time. Right. I you mean, know? I would like to know how they all chose these specific styles of Absolutely, beers. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I bet you that there's something to the because clearly there was so much thought put into all of these beers. Totally. Right? You know, yes. as we look at these beers and we look at the quotes that were chosen, you know, mm -hmm. um, you can see that like they're all power to the people, it says on the camera. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. So the beer itself, yes. can you tell me what you think of it? I mean it's you know, when you look at it visually, it's very like, uh, you know, opaque. Yes. Hazy. Um, it's juicy, but not in a way where you're like, ah, it's too much. Because sometimes when a hazy IPA is like juicy, it's like, you know what? I only need like half of it. You know, this one is, it kind of doesn't have a sweet of a finish, you know, it kind of has dry, finishes dry so that like it's not overwhelming. You know, 
people who have been listening uh-huh. from early on know that I started this podcast as a hazy skeptic, <laughs> you know? And uh-huh. I have definitely learned so much about hazy IPA. Even though we'll never drink IPAs again. <laughs> We're not going to go that far, but we're just going to peel it back for a, a while so that we can talk about some other styles of know, beers. I'm just being dramatic, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I've turned a corner here because we have been lucky enough on this podcast to have quite a few really good hazy IPAs in a row. Yeah. I, I think the thing with the hazy IPA... This one included. Yeah, yeah. No, this one is... Good. It's really good. It's not. It's. I like how it finishes for sure. They um, put their foot in all these IPAs. Mm-hmm. Like they're all super good, they right? Really, like they're they all, really are. They they did not fuck this up. They this one uses. I don't think they would, but right. Southern Passion, African Queen, used here again, and Strata hops. Strata. Okay. okay. So, I mean, the thing with hazy IPAs is that it's almost like like if we were at a bar I almost want to get like a taster first yeah totally and then see if I want a full pint or not just because it really I mean just with like I said with West Coast IPAs there's like a range where sometimes it's just too in your face and you're like okay I get it you know, whereas like this, something like this, there's other ones. And like, you know, even visually, I wouldn't be able to tell because this shit looks, you know, it's fucking super opaque. Like you don't see the other side at all, you know, but it's not overwhelming and it's great. It's good. It's you know, 8%, but it doesn't feel that way. You know, but what's really, I mean, you know, we're definitely... Uh, it's good. They're all fucking good. We've been cooking these beers. Yeah, they're they're really good. They're all really good. We really we've are. been we, we can't stop picking them up. You know, um, they they you know they honored all of these people just based on what the the contents of the cans. I would say absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, Frederick Allen Hampton. You gave us the birthday. Yes. I'll, I'll give it to you again. August 30th, 1948 to December 4th, 1969. 21 years. Was an American Marxist-Leninist and revolutionary socialist. Uh, he came... A lot. He's doing a lot. He's doing all of it. He came to prominence in Chicago as chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party and deputy chairman of the National Black Panther Party. In this capacity, he founded the Rainbow Coalition. See, I didn't know that Frederick Hampton I learned that founded recently. the Rainbow Coalition. Yes, I, you know, I associate the Rainbow Coalition with Jesse Jackson. Oh, really? Yes. So, a prominent multicultural political organization that initially included the Black Panthers, Young Patriots, and the Young Lords. And an alliance among major Chicago street games to help them end infighting and work for social change, mm-hmm. right? And, like, a lot of gangs, you know, um, even though, like, so much of it devolved into tribalism, as so many things do, a lot of gangs were started because 
people weren't protected in their communities. Right. You right. know, a lot of a lot of crime starts with <laughs> good intentions. In 1967, Hampton was identified by the Federal Bureau of Investigations as a radical threat. The FBI tried to subvert his activities in Chicago, sowing disinformation among black progressive groups and placing a counterintelligence operative in the local Black Panthers. In December 1969, Hampton was shot and killed in his bed during a pre-dawn raid at his Chicago apartment by a tactical unit of Cook County State Attorney's Office in conjunction with the Chicago Police Department and the FBI. During the raid, Panther Mark Clark was also killed and several others were seriously wounded. In January 1970, a coroner's jury held an inquest and ruled the deaths of Hampton and Clark to be justifiable homicide. A civil lawsuit was later filed on behalf of the survivors and the relatives of Hampton and Clark. The civil suit mm-hmm. was for $47 million. Yeah. It was resolved in 1982 for a settlement of $1.85 million. So what you can imagine happened is that, you know, it just became too expensive to keep this case going. They got bled out. They got bled bled dry. 13 years, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And it said at the time it was the longest case. Yeah. Yeah. The city of Chicago, Cook County, and the federal government each paid one-third to a group of nine plaintiffs. Like, you know how much money that is between nine people? Not very much. Not much, yeah. That's crazy. Given revelations about the illegal COINTELPRO program and the documents associated with the killings, many scholars now consider Hampton's death and assassination under the FBI's initiative as a victim of a COINTELPRO hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, like, it is. It's, you yeah. know. I mean, so I know we're going to talk about Judas and the We're going to just transition into it from here. So yeah. you can go ahead and do um, what you want to do. But it kind of made me also now want to watch the J. Edgar Hoover uh, movie. we got to watch a lot, man. we yeah, got to learn. Yeah, gotta, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, because he was the FBI, what, the head of the FBI at the time? Played right? by Martin Sheen in prosthetics, just as weird as... What Tom Cruise wore in Tropic Thunder. It was really freaking like I was distracting. Say, that was pros- I, like, I was like, he looks like he's. I hope that was prosthetics. If not, I like, know, retire this man. Face. I don't know. <laughs> let but, him. Let him stop well, working. In, in now. this movie, he, it was played by him. But like the J. Edgar movie is. Uh, stop paying for his son's Is Leonardo medication. DiCaprio. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know if they. I don't know. I don't know anything about the movie, so I don't know if they touch no, on I gotta, this thing. I, I, I gotta see that. But like, I'm a yeah, DiCaprio guy. I'm sure like, he's, he's just doing it all. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to see that now. Um, but yeah, um, I'm glad we finally watched that movie. Yeah, me too. Um, and I had kind of read up on just the whole situation. I didn't know that. What? That you read up on this. I did, I did. Um, but prior to this, um, I think partly because I was interested in the movie, um, partly because um, I I helped out on that was a uh, Derek Rose, the basketball player, Derek Rose um, biography. 
Yeah. So um, I helped with like reviewing the translation and whatever. And so, you know, he kind of, I guess Derek Rose is somebody who is like, the, the actual book in English is out already. Uh, it's called Derek Rose, I'll Show You. That's the name of his book. And he's co-writing it with uh, Sam, Sam Smith, I believe. But um, he's like interested in history. He's like has, has like a, a big interest in history. So throughout the book, he'll mention certain things and people and whatever, historical figures and historical things that happen just to be like, what about this or whatever, you know? And he's from Chicago. And so he mentions Fred Hampton and he doesn't even like really get into it or anything he names a bunch of people and fred hampton is one of them and one of the things i was tasked with for the book was to write like the footnotes for certain things so you know fred hampton japanese people are not going to be oh it was for a japanese yeah. edition good old fred yeah so fred japanese people are not yeah you know familiar <laughs> with fred hampton and I don't really, I mean, just because of this COVID situation too, you know, I don't know how many movies are, um, you know, getting out. They're not getting the normal of, exposure that they would right. get. Right, and even if they, it, it was something like this movie is going to not be, you know, it's not like a Marvel movie or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I hope... People will see it, you know, in Japan too, um, and be like, whoa, what the fuck, you know, and like read up on, on the shit. But, you know, working on the book actually helped me read up on a lot of stuff. So just so I can like figure out what to write like a short fucking like two sentences about them, which is like really hard because it's like, uh, how do I even, I don't want to write a whole wikipedia article about it but i want to get across whatever this person did you know and so that was part of why i was reading about fred hampton you know and so i i really appreciate uh that opportunity because part of what i liked about working on that book kind of like how i like about drinking these beers is that it gave me an opportunity to look up different things because he mentions like Arthur Ashe and then I had like reading about Arthur Ashe mm -hmm. and I'm not writing all that and including all that information in the book per se but like for me I'm reading it you know so it really I'm like oh wow you know like gaining this knowledge you know so like that really um was one of the rewarding things for me working on it but yeah so I had I had read up on, like, that's why I knew about the Rainbow Co Coalition. Mm, I see, I see, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see. So, this movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, yeah. is, Fred Hampton is one of the two titular characters yeah. in the film. Yeah. The other character is this individual who became recruited mm -hmm. by the FBI mm -hmm. after... For the purposes of the film, who knows what his origin actually was? It's it's pretty uh, similar. Uh, um, for the purposes of the film, you can correct me on yeah. what his actual reality was. But for the film, mm -hmm. he was impersonating the FBI mm -hmm. in order to boost cars. Yeah, and so he got caught doing this, and then the FBI uh, recruited him. 
to infiltrate the Black Panthers, yeah. and he was one of many people. They were doing this all over the country, yeah. you know. Um, and I mean, the, this is what intelligence agencies do: they infiltrate yes. organizations right. that they find to be undesirable for the world that they want to shape. Right, because even in Snowfall, the show that we talked about last episode, they talk about uh, the main one of the main characters, Franklin Saint. His dad is a former Black Panther, and then they're talking about how uh, Franklin's uncle was an FBI informant. Right. Right? Right. He was, and he was in the F, uh, Black Panther, but he was an FBI right. informant. And so, you know, um, the uh, Black Panthers mm -hmm. were a socialist group, mm -hmm. okay? And the government's false equivalency was to be like, the Black Panthers are the same as the KKK. Right. Right? And the KKK, they're terrorists. Right. Domestic terrorists. Right. Um, the, equally bad. Right. Um, the Black Panther was started as an organization to defend people in communities mm -hmm. where the police were terrorizing them. Right. Okay? And the Black Panthers were doing a lot of work, such as, you know... Um, Breakfast. Yeah, uh, food for... Free right. food. Breakfast for, for people. You know? Children. And, yeah, and, like, you can't... You can't give out... Clinics. You can't do clinics. free in yeah. America because it blows up the whole construct. Right. The, like, no, 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 Yeah, yeah, no, no, you know, we, that... We, this is where money right. is to be made, motherfuckers. Right, Stop right. It. That, that's why we have the photographs mm -hmm. in Portland of the mm -hmm. police defending garbage cans full of food oh my God. from unarmed, hungry people. It's all fucked up. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you, you, you can't be doing that shit, you know, because you're going to blow up the whole construct, right. which is getting this money. Right. Right, you know, work your job, you know, get paid, pay for things, right. and we just fucking keep it moving. Let's keep this economy right. going. Fucking, you're a fucking cog in the goddamn machine, and don't get it twisted. That's right. what they want you to fucking. And do. the other character in this film was the FBI. Yes. Uh, liaison, essentially, he was the he was in the FBI, but he was the middleman in between the informant and the uh, FBI at large, mm -hmm. uh, and that was the actor, Jesse Plemons. You might Jesse know him Plemons. from the Breaking Bad movie yeah. in which he was what he always is, the creepy-looking guy. <laughs> like a terrifying who, guy. Who looks, like, simultaneously nice and calm, and he'll kill you. Yeah, right. he'll kill you without moving a fucking eyebrow. Right, you know? That's and what, so, like, um, oh, he's fucking terrible. Yeah, and so he plays this character in the FBI yeah. who is once again a true believer who believes that they yes, are stopping the, uh, terrorists. Yes, like I equated him to Teddy from Snowfall who was in the CIA. He's He believes that we're fighting the good fight. This is all for fucking yeah. America. Whatever we got to do America, to get our hands dirty, we got to be the guys. We got to do it because yeah. you know what? It's it's for the greater good. Right. You know, and that's why critical thought is so important, you know. Oh boy. Uh but so we follow these three people's journeys through yeah. a timeline that ends in the assassination of Fred Hampton. Yeah. 
21 years old, man. Yeah. I'm like, that is not the body of a 21-year-old. Well, first of all, hold on. Slow down. Fred Hampton's body was fine for a 21-year-old. What you're talking about is Daniel Kaluuya, who has the greatest dad Dad bod in Hollywood history. Thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, it's, no, no, no. He, I mean, he wasn't that thick back in fucking Get Out or whatever. He, I don't. I'm yeah, like, did nah, he do was this after, for this movie? No, no, because he's he'd already gotten thick like in Black Panther. You know, he was in Black Not, Panther I as well. No, because no, I but he was wearing beautiful. He was wearing beautiful. Uh, I guess because I literally had to Google Fred Hampton to be like, was he that thick? I had to like make. I had to compare <laughs> to be like, yeah. did Daniel Kalula like? You, you couldn't get, suspend your disbelief. I was like, was that was that him trying to get to Fred Hampton's like body type? And I was like, he overdid nah, it. No, nah, that, that he overdid it. Yeah, no, that's just what he does. That's, that's, just, that's just what he does. That's you know? just Daniel. No, like you know, I mean, it's a uh, like it's sexy. Like women like it. Like you know. I mean, but People as a like twenty-one-year-old, that's not very believable. For well, him. yeah, no, no, because Daniel Kaluuya is definitely not twenty-one. Like, he's I feel not, like he's, he's like, like my age, right? He's you know? the, not quite. He's like thirty-two or something. Yeah. So, um, anyway, though, uh, I looked him up. He's thirty-two years old. They do a fantastic job of communicating what a fantastic, inspirational leader and natural orator. Mm-hmm. that oh, he is yeah. you know and the quote from on the can mm-hmm. i am a revolutionary uh-huh. is the he chants it, is, it yeah it is the chant of the right. film right you know it is probably seen in the trailer it's probably in the right trailer. um i am a revolutionary right and lakeith stanfield who's one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. uh he's from victorville which is where i used to live as a kid he's Not that matters one but. of the few american yeah. Black actors yeah, yeah. that's out here right now. Yeah, yeah, you know. Because Daniel Kalula is also British. Yeah. I mean, what I like about Lakeith is that uh, he has this uh, aloofness that is always communicated in every role, but it's it's so humanizing. Yeah, he always has this, like, expression of, like, Fuck. Right. So he <laughs> plays this despicable character yes. who is, you know, he's an American. That's that's the only way I can describe it. He wants to get his, you know. Yeah, no, and he's just trying to he wants like to get his freaking live his money. life. Yeah, well, you know? he's trying to like a stay out of trouble because the the deal is, you know, well, you would have gotten this many years for. Grand Theft Auto impersonating a federal 18 agent. 18 months Grand Theft this Auto, five years for, impersonating right, a federal right. agent. And they're like, we'll take this off your record if you do this. So he's just like trying to fucking uh, right. survive, which right. is... So he does it not realizing the greater implications of his actions, right? Like right, he doesn't did, know what yeah, he's going to end up... He's at, destroying like, the movement. And one right. of the greatest quotes in the film, uh-huh. I mean... Of which there were so many, right? Like, people have critiques about this film because it is a fictionalization of real incidences. It's a fantasy Mm -hmm. in a way. But there are good quotes in this film. And one of the best ones was that the answer to capitalism is not black capitalism. Right. The answer is socialism. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's, you know, that, that was a quote from Fred Hampton. Right. You know, and it was so fascinating because, you know, like, we, 
are still in that struggle. Uh, totally. You know, and, it, and when I say we, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about black people. You know. Yeah, well, it really did. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. It really did make me kind of think about. Okay, so this was what, like, I mean, Fred Hampton died in 1969. So this is late 60s. You know, which is when the civil rights movement was happening, late 60s, early 70s, right? And then you get, like, the 80s, where it's kind of like where the show Snowfall takes place, right? right. And it's all about, like, okay, make money, you know, make name for yourself. Like, let's get this money. We gotta fucking, you know? And then it, it like, kind of... In, I feel like in the 80s and 90s, it kind of gets more into, like, yes, black capitalism, capitalism. Right. And then, like... In Jay-Z. The, yeah, and then now it's kind of back to, like, we can't fucking be doing this shit. Right. So, so one thing that was interesting was, you know, he drew a juxtaposition between the ideals of the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. which um, I forgot how he worded it, but what Ooh. he juxtaposed... Uh, Fred Hampton. Yeah. What he juxtaposed it with was life, liberty... In the pursuit of happiness, okay. and he was like, "We want, uh, you know, we want food, mm-hmm. freedom, and um, like I don't know something that equated to happiness, essentially. Okay, you know, and, um, and when you call it life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's called democracy. Uh huh. But when we call it this." That's called socialism. Right. You know? Right. Uh, this is a film, like, I definitely recommend this film just because there's a lot of strong philosophy behind it. And I think that it's another entryway into deeper philosophy that will yeah. allow us to think more deeply about the society that we live in and the society that we want to shape for the future if we have the time. Right. You know, people who are much more well-educated in these topics than I am, than Misa is, are going to have critiques right. of the film. But for those of us who are not as informed, mm-hmm. it definitely provides... An, you know, I was surprised because, I mean, it's it comes from a capitalist enterprise, right. which is the film industry. Right. You know? But at the same time, you know, we... Uh, you know, the, the uh, one of the producers is Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. who has done a lot of film work that explores the ideas of what it is to live in this country when it doesn't necessarily serve you. Right. You know, right. so... While also getting that Disney money. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> get it. Sometimes you need to get it to do the next fucking thing. Right, no, no, it's true. You know, and like... And we're all we're all complicated, right? Because I mean, like you know, like you see people being like, you know, like it drives me fucking crazy mm-hmm. when somebody is like, you know, I'm heavily online, I'm on Twitter a lot, mm-hmm. and I'll read someone tweeting something that is uh, socialist, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody will be like, "But you tweeted it from your iPhone, though," right, 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 and it's like, dog, like I'm just a product of my culture. Are you saying that I'm not allowed to espouse ideals right. because like, of that? Yeah, you know? because otherwise it's like if I really wanted to fucking be a fundamental... What, you want me to use smoke about signals? About yeah, like I need to go fucking live out in the fucking woods 
self self sustain myself by growing fucking vegetables and fucking having chickens and shit. You know what I mean? And there's just that sounds like a fantasy though. It does, but you know it's tough in real life, and that's why not many people are doing that shit. You know. Go ahead. So, in watching this film, Mm -hmm. it really did, like, as soon as I finished it, Mm -hmm. you know, they went into a kind of like, you know, like a a lot of films like this will kind of give you a timeline of what happened. Right. At at the end of the film. Right. And there was a documentary, Mm -hmm. I forget what it was called, but PBS. All Eyes. Am I wrong if I am like. All eyes on me. No, nah, that's the Tupac album. <laughs> it's that that was Tupac's double album that preceded Machiavelli. And that's why I'm like, wait, this can't be right. Yeah. Um, it's called. That that was a, it was a fire album. <laughs> eyes on the prize. Excuse me. I know there was eyes. <laughs> yeah, and... yeah eyes, eyes on, on the prize, prize two. Okay, so it Which was. I a, don't know. Yeah. If, why too? So I this guess was a documentary, a and the individual who was the informant, William O'Neill, Bill O'Neill, because I'm William. Yes. He, yeah, was he was going, going by, by Bill. Bill Wild movie. Bill. Wild Bill. Yeah. In the film, uh, he, you know, and you know, as a William, I'm always skeptical of a Bill. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. Including uh, Clinton. Especially, anyway, <laughs> listen. You made me do a listen. Okay, sorry. I got. St- I know you don't want to get into it. I'm sorry. I'm I don't think I've been a listen for two podcasts. And you really? Made me do a listen. You made me do a listen. Okay. You know I hate that. Anyway, so Bill, that was his only on record interview, and he talked about it, and they asked him yeah, questions yeah. that forced introspection. Yeah. And. Apparently, on the date that the film or that the documentary premiered on PBS, or something. on PBS, yeah, yeah in the nineties, I want to say. Uh, I think eighty. Shit, I have it. It's you know it was a while back. She'll she'll get that for you, but nineteen ninety. Yeah. Okay, nineteen ninety. He he committed suicide. Yeah. Okay. So who I, knows if he did? But he he died. He, uh, apparently, he ran into traffic on Interstate 290 and was hit by a car and killed. Jesus. He was 40 years old. His death was ruled a suicide, although his wife claimed it was accidental. Earlier in the evening, though, O'Neill had been drinking and attempted to jump out a second-story window, but was pulled back inside. Oh. Well, yeah, so, you know, he was going through a hard time because, you know, I mean, how could you not if you did something like that, you know? It says his uncle, Ben Hurd, said that O'Neill had cooperated with the FBI to reduce his own potential jail time, then got in weight over his head and was forever tortured by the guilt and that he never thought it would come to all this. O'Neill later recalled, I had no allegiance to the Panthers. I mean, in the movie, uh, you know, to be fair, in the movie, uh, they do kind of portray him as, like, it, it really is kind of about his own, like, trying to 
you know, save himself, really, yeah. you know, and, and not really having an agenda, per se. And he was just like, dude, like, multiple times he's like, I'm out, I'm out. Like, this is getting too crazy, I'm out, you know? I mean, I got to say, like, you know, the, the movie, you know, my only fault with the movie mm-hmm. is that, you know, like I said, Lakeith Stanfield is one of my favorite actors. Like, I really loved him in Sorry to Bother You. Oh, uh, what a crazy fucking movie, man. But, like... I didn't love his performance uh-huh. in this movie, okay. but I think that a lot of it was because so much of his existence in the film and the way that it was portrayed was very uh, expository. And let's keep it going, you know? And yeah. so, like, you know, it was, like, a lot of things were awkward, you know? Yes. So that kind of... I Yeah, I think the thing... I from- noticed that. For me, about the movie, was from just from a movie, you know, uh, standpoint. I feel like obviously it's a really interesting topic, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much there, and I feel like the movie was able to kind of, you know, capture like the gist of what went down and they had these great actors for the role but they're like if you look at it from like a film perspective i do feel like there are parts where it's like wait you know i i get it that they couldn't spend so much time on certain things you know because they got to like do all the things and get to the part but there's you know parts where it's like Wait, how did uh, Bill, you know, like Keith Stanfield, get infiltrate himself into the Black Panthers? Because, like, before you knew it, they were like, look, you know, we will excuse you for all your crimes if you infiltrate the Black Panther. And he was just like, ah. Uh. Okay, I mean. And then the next thing you know, he's just there. And he's just kind of, like, there, you know? Right. And, like, it's kind of like, wait. And there, there is a scene where he uh, defends, he protects um, Fred Hampton from, uh, I guess, the Crowns, which apparently is like a fictional a gang. gang, you know, for the movie. But they kind of represent the other, like, you know, gangs and whatever in Chicago that joined the Rainbow Co- Coalition. But, um, you know, so he protects him from Fred Hampton from getting, like, you know, uh, attacked or whatever, you know? And so I guess maybe that's like, oh, that's how he won his, like, right. you know, trust or whatever. Sure. But, like, I, but if I feel like whatever they did to kind of be like, this is how he got in and how much I trusted him or whatever wasn't, there wasn't enough focus on that. Right. Which I'm like, okay, fine. But, like, you know, it would have been, obviously, I mean, they illustrated suspense in yeah. showing that he was suspected at times, you know. Right, right, right. had individuals just, like, about who were, it. he wasn't the only rat, right. you know, and right. he didn't know that, right. and this and that, you know. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They did some interesting stuff, and but that all felt like movie stuff, right? Right. You know, so let's get into what made you want to drink. We're going to okay. move on from this now. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Watch the movie. It's yeah. still worth it. Uh, I'm going to do mine first. What made me want to drink is that I started a simple raffle to raise funds for communities, causes, 
groups of individuals that I feel, well, not that I feel, that objectively have been underserved mm-hmm. uh, by trying to raffle off some of my old video games and video game paraphernalia uh, because I just, uh, you know, like I just been witnessing people getting left behind uh, more and more, especially during this uh, COVID situation, which I feel has accelerated yeah. the leaving behind that we were going to be seeing in the future anyway. Mm-hmm. At a, to a rate that is out of control, to the point where you know, like I mean, we we literally saw it. With our own two eyes today. Well, yeah, I mean, we see it every day. You right, know, we, we do. see it every day. Uh, Whenever we go out. Yeah, our neighbors, you know, losing homes. People can't afford to live where they live. People, you know, being, you know, Seen homelessness. People intense, you know, where everywhere. There was uh, nothing but there. not just that, you know, also just in general, like, you know, uh, people being discriminated against, uh, the Asian American community. Mm-hmm experiencing higher rates of violence uh the trans community experiencing consistent rates of violence to the point that it's become normalized and we don't necessarily talk about it with the amount of urgency that we should uh you know uh black lives Mm -hmm. uh women suffering uh on and on you know it's endless right you know, so uh, I just wanted to try to raise some money with mm-hmm. the things that I have. Yeah. So I have been raffling off this game. Today is the third day. Yeah. I'm going to continue until I run out of old games. Old games in like a few books, right? Yeah. And if things are not uh, bid on or, raff- or people don't donate for those... Mm-hmm then I might just redo it later okay. for the same yeah. item. Yeah. You know, but if you want to find more information about that, we're going to link it, of course, yes. in various mediums. But it's at Otsumami Boy, which is one of my nicknames. O-T-S-U-M-A-M-I-B-O-Y. Dot C-A-R-R-D dot co yes it's a card which is apparently a one-page website that you can make (laughs) that you can just put some shit on and so i put all the information there all the the, charities yeah all of the yeah and if you want to donate to your own uh charities that you care about that works for me as long as it's not a problematic charity (laughs) <laughs> yeah. who knows I mean there's you know yeah, yeah like yeah like as long as it's not like Westboro Baptist Church or <laughs> yeah like anyway like yeah but whatever you want to do you know minimum um, of $10 but you know I focused more on Los Angeles charities of all types and a few Oakland charities because that's really where I've just seen you know inequality really hurting people a lot like with my own eyes and it's just been so brutal and you know I felt so powerless to do something mm-hmm. Uh, even though I've wanted to do anything that I can right. as an individual. And so we've already raised some money, like more than I'd expected, but we really want to raise more. And yes. if you want to donate and maybe like win like a rare game or even like a not so rare game, <laughs> or if you just want to donate and not win anything, but just contact me and let me know so I can keep track of what's 
being raised yes. so that we can celebrate this, that we're all coming together and doing a good thing. Yes. You can find that information online. Yes. And at otsumamiboy.card.co. Yes. Yeah, and that card is with two R's for some reason. So, yeah. Somebody so, already you know, had a card with one R. Like I said, we'll link it up. Yes. We'll make sure that you have Yeah, check it out. You that. know, yeah. like, for example, the game that he has going right now that he put on today, God Hand, apparently is a rare game, and it's going for, like, at least 100 bucks on eBay and shit. Like, yeah. to the point where somebody uh, messaged, well, not messaged, like, replied to him, was like, you know that game is going for, like, 50 to 70 bucks. Maybe you should up the price. And, and he was like, that's not the point. Really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if you donate a minimum of $10 yes. to any yes. foundation right. that helps people, and you DM me, you let that's me know. It. Yeah, you put your name in the raffle, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's all it takes. Then, yeah, you're qualified mm -hmm. to be in the raffle. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to be in the raffle, but you just want to donate, you know, just help somebody out. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's food for the soul. It's yeah. You know, yeah. it's it it helps someone. It, people need help. People need money. You know. Yeah. You so know, people need money. Yeah. Okay. That that's just what it is. You know. So yeah. that's what made me want to drink this week. But anyway, though, let's get let's get to questions. So this question is from Matt. Hello drink local. First off, thank you for that important and powerful episode. He's referring to the El Segundo challenge, episode 24. It certainly isn't easy to talk about these important and sensitive issues, but I felt informed and inspired. So thank you. Second of all, I totally messed up the El Segundo challenge. I think I had <laughs> LA Showdown in my hands, but then put it down, not realizing it was part of what it was. Sunset series? Dang it. The office with a view and on the horizon were really good and super distinctive. I think I like the office with the view a little better with its hot flavor as opposed to the multi-flavor of on the horizon. Mm. Even the Seiko was still a good solid IPA, which I think that's what he did. He ended up doing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that was fun. I've had that one. Mm -hmm. We didn't have it for the challenge. No. I'm stoked for you to try the Oak Park Black History Collaboration Park, which Here pack, we are. which he sent. I stopped by a couple weekends ago and was immediately accosted with. Oh wait, wait, wait! I haven't had them. My, I haven't had them yet myself, but I'm going to take notes. Also, thank you for the recommendation of the Good Hop in Oakland. I stopped by a couple weekends ago and was immediately accosted with friendliness and open community by a couple of their regulars and the staff. They didn't allow any indoor perusing, but they had an open door to the street with a table where one could order from the staff or just talk beer and they pick something for you, which is what I did. It was an amazing experience and I can't wait to go back. Okay, question. What are your thoughts on barley wine and mead? And how would you describe them to newbies? Okay, so I don't have very much experience with mead, mead yeah. at all. Yeah. But like my recollection uh -huh. 
having had like a few like a long time ago yeah. is that it's like it's like super sweet right yeah. like it's like closer to like yeah. like a like well, I don't want to say what it's close to. Like, I don't know, it's like I mean, a wine. Like, yeah, it's I mean, like barley wine. Yeah. You know, well, like, like a barley wine. Like, I mean, are these things considered like similar? Like, because we did Equinox, right? So Equinox yeah. was a long time ago. I don't think they'll do it, but it was a stone event where you drank oak beers and barley wines and high alcohol ales, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was in, insane. Um, like, I have kind of gone away from high alcohol beers for quite some time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but we're definitely going to have to do a barley wine episode. At that point, we'll probably do two. Like, <laughs> that'll be one where we do, instead of doing three selections oh you mean two beers yeah we'll probably do two you know because they tend to be very high alcohol yeah so we kind of you know like and and that's mostly why because we like you know we're we're, we're tasters yes so so mead is an alcoholic beverage created by fermenting honey with water oh really so yes it's like this sweet thing it makes me think of the witcher Sometimes with various fruits, spices, grains, or hops, the alcohol con- content ranges from about 3.5 to more than 18. It reminds me of So there are Harry mild Potter. there are mild meads. Yeah, I guess so. We gotta but like try, in we my gotta mind it's like some, some crazy strong shit. But it does remind me of um Harry Potter because they'll be like, oh, have some like mead or whatever, honey mead or something to like calm the nerves or some shit like that, you know? It... It does sound like some old timey like English like thing, you know. Um, I don't. I'm doing. I'm like, just a laughing, little, like, yeah, because yeah, because I don't she's, even know what do you describe this like. She's she's uh, swinging her hand. Uh, she's swinging her bent arm yeah. back and forth like a pirate. Yo ho ho. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. Barley wine, like both of them, I do in my mind. We have more experience with barley wine. Yeah, barley wine though, I feel like they're they do tend to be like high alcohol yes. type things, so we don't really do them that much. You know. Well, we haven't done them in a while because we went through our yeah. high alcohol phase. You know, back in the day when we were just experimenting with a lot more styles before we kind of fell into our routines a little bit, yeah. you know? So what we're going to do is make sure and try some yes. in a podcast this year. Yes. That's what we're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there'll be an episode of. Yeah. And so we're also going to have to just try some in general so that we can learn more about barley wine. So that way we can, you know, speak from an educated perspective. Yeah. Like part of, you know, I mean, this is the band episode, but part of us trying to stay away from IPAs is not just to stay away from IPAs, but to try the different styles that we you know we might not naturally be inclined to try 
because you know we do have things that we like over other things but right. we want to kind of cover um different styles for the podcast so yeah hopefully you know we'll do that i think we did you know we did get some different style beers right yeah we got a lot of different try styles for yeah. the uh immediate future so yeah. you know but you know we're always picking up stuff and collecting so we'll see what yes. happens yes sure. and if you know if ever you have any sort of recommendations for anything interesting let us know and we'll try to check it out if we can so i got one more question yeah from david oh okay do you often find yourself pairing a specific beer with an experience like a movie, huh. certain friends, or just a good day? Uh, you know, I think that there are times when we do, like most certainly, you know, there are so many thematic types of holidays or events that right, demand a beer, right? That where, you know, we find ourselves doing that. St. Patrick's uh, Day you coming know, up. Even though we didn't drink these beers at the same time mm-hmm. these beers inspired us to watch judas and the black messiah right totally. you know uh i think there's definitely a connection mm-hmm. between the types of experiences yeah that the types of experiences that we do and the kind of beer that hits with that right like you know like if you're you know hanging out with friends on a certain type of time. Yeah, no, like you mentioned Okinox, and we did that with uh, a couple of our friends. Um, and we went down to Stone for that event, and I distinctly remember being there with them, you know, even though I did get drowsy at one point, and they came around to be like, Get up, sleeping? get up, get up, get up. Yeah, like, is your wake? That's the thing about, like, getting sleepy and drinking. They will not fucking allow that shit. They are fucking militant about well, not yeah, getting sleepy. They were. I bet that some mm-hmm. places are more understanding because, you know, like, it's disrespectful and rude to invite somebody to drink high alcohol beers and then uh, get mad at them for not being in that class where they're just drinking high alcohol beers because i mean people react to alcohol differently you know i get like you know maybe at the end of the day and you're passed out you want to fucking like wake them up to be like you gotta fucking leave but you know, I mean, maybe someone needs to take a little quick nap. <laughs> a whole nap? I don't know about a whole nap. In between? Like, I mean, a nap sounds sounds heavy. Just a little, you know, resting of maybe, the eyes. Maybe, yeah, resting of the eyes sounds much more... Yes. Like, you know, when you say nap, I find myself more on their side. People if you say resting rest on the eyes. eyes, I'm more empathetic with you. People need to rest their eyes a little bit. To just, you know, freshen up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, but yeah, know, no, there are definitely things like that where you associate certain but events. I, I, I think that mostly it's holidays, but yeah. there are sometimes when 
like, you know, like, for example, like, I had a birthday once where I just wanted to do, since, you know, I'm an October guy, mm -hmm. I did an Oktoberfest themed birthday. Right. And so you I did, did brats and German yeah. beers. Right. You know, and, and that was just, just for me. Cooking you know, that was just for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there are things like that where people set up like thematic types of things, yeah. you know, for themselves. And I encourage that, you know, because it gives people a chance to try different nice. types of beers yeah. that may not necessarily be what they would get if they could get whatever they want. They might just retreat into their comfort zone and it yes. gives them a chance to learn something that's a little bit different mm -hmm. from what they might normally be accustomed to, which is always, always a pleasant surprise. Like more people need to see the joy of escaping their comfort zone. Like, I, th I think that's why people go to Six Flags Magic Mountain. That's why people get on roller coasters, you know, because that's outside of your comfort zone. But that's a, a tremendous source of joy for a lot of people. You know, we want to feel, you know, like, I mean, part of freedom is being outside of your comfort zone, you know. So I think that's something that really is a big part of being able to kind of like thematically curate your tap lists or your whatever beer you're drinking. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. But it's a fun question. I think it's a fun thing to think about, you know, like. Yeah, you know, I mean, some beers. There are definitely certain people that remind me of certain beers. And I want yeah, to drink those kinds of beers with them. There's beers that you don't remember and there's beers that you associate with certain memories and that's just how it is yeah like i absolutely you know if i'm having like a sunny day uh if i'm eating guacamole or something like that you know i want to have you know like a light beer with that right you know? well so. i feel like you know we had barbecue the other day. I want to have an IPA. I want to have something a little right, bit. Right, but even just these four specific beers, I'm going to associate it with us talking about all this for this podcast. As you should. You know, that's just... Makes you know, sense to me. You know, that's just how people's memories work. Hey, man. You know what time it is. Yeah. It's time for us to wrap this up. It really, it really is. It's it's beyond time for it us to really wrap this is. up. It really yeah. is. So. Why are you even listening to Where can they find us? Don't say that. Oh. Listen. Keep Thank listening. you. <laughs> there you go. There this you is go. what I meant. There you go. There Thank you, go. you. Listen more. Run this back. Run this back. Listen to it again you in know? case you miss something. Where can yes. they find us on ye old internet? www dot drink local dot tv where can they find us on social media at drink local tv on twitter and instagram that's yes. what that is yes and hey we love hanging out with you guys we love talking big shit with you guys we love getting crazy we love drinking and yes. this was the band episode and as you can see there's don't a lot of reasons why it should have been the banned. Feds of we people. said a lot we got out of pocket we got ridiculous we drank beers that this we is should for you and you only we had no business drinking these beers these beers were not beers yes. that we were supposed to Thank have you again 
Matt. Matt. For delivering. He sent us these four beers Matt plus. And Co. Matt and family. Matt and plus people. Plus two other beers from their local breweries, which Absolutely. we're going to have to enjoy. I don't. Absolutely. Maybe not on a podcast, but we'll definitely enjoy them. Yeah, and you can see, you know, those beers have really cool can arts. You can catch them on the Instagram yes. at some point. Yes. We will be posting those. Yes. We'll Thank make you. sure about that. So much. Yeah. This is fucking amazing beyond anything because we really didn't think we, we would. We never thought we were going to have these beers. And they're all. They were so good. They're they all good. So good. Yeah, they're we, all so good. Tremendous. Like, I keep drinking them and I'm like, oh, God, this is fucking delicious. So, hey, they delivered. Until next time, bottoms up. Bottoms all the way up.